Imagine a scenario where you're in the mood for a true crime podcast. You take out your headphones and press play on the first recommendation. You're excited to delve into an eerie and chilling case. Is someone missing? Is there a conspiracy about to be uncovered? As you listen to the beginning, you're met with a startling surprise. The podcast sucks. And now imagine that you're listening to a different podcast, one that exceeds your expectations. The storytelling is well done. The details are thoroughly researched. The music is chilling and unsettling. And then there's the best part. You get to listen to my deep and creepy voice. When you listen to Still Unsolved, you get to join us as we bring the true crime genre back to its roots. Every week, we highlight different cases of missing persons, wanted felons, unsolved murders, and the truly bizarre occurrences of life. Subscribe to Still Unsolved wherever you like to listen to your podcasts and join us. With your help, some of these cases may no longer be an unsolved mystery. You're listening to True Crime Feed. Welcome to True Crime Feed. I'm your host, Angela Ferrari. This week, it's a very special episode where I dish out my top 10 true crime podcasts of the year, plus let you know the show that was my biggest disappointment of 2023. Stay tuned. To take your listening experience to the next level, go to the truecrimefeed.com and sign up for my newsletter where I post visual aids for every episode and I'll give you the links to my top 10 shows of the year. This has been a big, buzzy year in the world of true crime. We saw the Lisk killer finally get caught and a host of podcasts to cover it. We also turn the tables on some behemoth medical institutions by giving them a probe for a change, like the retrievals and cover-up at Columbia University. Plus, we saw more pods uncovering exciting new cults, crypto conspiracies, and scams. So many scams. And of course, more shows bringing to light wrongful conviction cases. And so, after listening to hundreds of hours of stellar podcast stories, I have finally narrowed down my list, although I want to give an honorable mention to Dateline's Keith Morrison and his show Murder in Apartment 12. It was Primo Keithmo. And now, without further ado, I present to you my top 10 true crime podcasts of the year. At the number 10 spot, we have Over My Dead Body, Gone Hunting. Here's a summary from the show page. When Mike Williams vanishes on a hunting trip, the authorities presume he was eaten by alligators. But one woman begins to suspect the true predators may lurk much closer to home. It sets her on a tireless crusade to uncover what really happened to Mike, a story about an obsessive love affair, a scandalous secret, and a mother's battle for justice. 
All right, here's why I love this one, because so many shows out there start out with a cool premise, but they fail to deliver. But this one comes through. By the final episode, you know exactly what happened to Mike. This story is woven with such rich details, you get a real sense of who these people are and why things happen the way they did. An excellent deep dive into a case without any filler, plus you get an ending. With Over My Dead Body, Gone Hunting. At the number 9 spot, we have The Girlfriends. Here's a rundown from the show page. It's 1995, and Carol Fisher is a high-flying divorcee looking for love in Las Vegas. It's slim pickings in the medical community she works in. But then Bob comes to town. Bob Bierenbaum is a plastic surgeon who flies planes and speaks several languages. Her mother loves that he's Jewish, but there's something off about him. He's perfect on paper, but he's quick to anger and never talks about his ex-wife, who, it turns out, is missing and presumed dead. In this riveting nine-part series, Carol Fisher uncovers the truth of Gail Katz's death, the systems that failed her, and all the girlfriends that brought her to justice. Ah, this show is so addictive. Even though the case happened two decades ago, I remember the feeling of urgency and excitement I'd get every time a new episode of this one dropped. The Girlfriends is a beautiful tribute to Gail. Her sister's voice, Elaine, brought Gail to life, combined with Carol Fisher and all of her girlfriends. They were just such a fun hang, a celebration of female friendship with the girlfriends. At the number eight spot, we have You Didn't See Nothing. Here's a summary from the show page. In 1997, Leonard Clark was beaten into a coma by a gang of older white teens simply for being black in a white neighborhood. One of Leonard's attackers was from a powerful Chicago family. The media quickly turns towards stories of reconciliation and racial healing, with cooperation by black leaders and the attacker's family. But journalist Johannes LaCour wasn't having any of it. Part investigation and part memoir, You Didn't See Nothing follows Johans as he revisits the story that introduced him to the world of investigative journalism and examines how its ripple effects have shaped his life over the past quarter century. Yeah, speaking of fun hangs, Johans LaCour, this guy has such a great ear for his own story. It's the difference between being, ooh, preach versus being preachy. An investigation told by a true insider. I've never heard a show put together like this one before. Truth, humor, grit, style, pain, beauty. That feeling of listening to old Outkast albums. The conversations on this show are so powerful. There's an exchange I still think about between Johans and a community leader where he reckons with his past life selling heroin in his neighborhood. The idea of, can you fight for the rights of your people when you're profiting from a drug that ruins lives? This show goes there, man. You will hear one of the best journalists slash narrators in all of podcasting on You Didn't See Nothing. At the number seven spot, we have The 13th Step. Here's a synopsis from the show page. 
It started with a tip, and eventually multiple sources said it was an open secret. The founder of New Hampshire's largest addiction treatment network was sexually harassing or assaulting women. Allegations he denies. How did he get away with it? That question led investigative reporter Lauren Chulajan on a journey into the American addiction treatment industry. She found a long-standing and long-tolerated culture of sexual misconduct, a phenomenon people in the recovery world call the 13th step. Yo, this one was really eye-opening. I remember binging it all in one day and feeling like I was set on fire. This story basically takes place in my backyard, so maybe I was extra invested in it, but the phenomenon of 13th stepping happens everywhere. And since this show originally aired, there have been some major breaks in the case. I plan on doing a full deep dive on this one in 2024 with the latest updates. So in the meantime, get caught up on the 13th step. At the number six spot, we have Bone Valley. Here's a summary from the show page. In 1987, 18-year-old Michelle Schofield was found dead in a phosphate pit in Florida. Two years later, her husband Leo was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Fifteen years later, previously unidentified fingerprints matched Jeremy Scott, a violent teenager who lived nearby. Jeremy has since confessed to Michelle's murder, yet Leo Schofield remains behind bars. In this groundbreaking podcast, Bone Valley host Gilbert King uncovers startling new evidence that Jeremy Scott is responsible for a string of murders. That's the official synopsis, but I have my own, and it goes like this. Hey, are you hungry for a big plate of outrage? Then check out Bone Valley. Because after you listen to this entire series about a completely botched investigation that led to a wrongful conviction, you're going to want to start breaking bones. On top of all that, when you Google Leo Schofield's name, you'll see that in May he was denied parole once again, and there's been no updates in this case since. Leo is still behind bars. It's awful. It makes you want to jump into a mosh pit with the parole board. But even though this podcast didn't result in any immediate change, I am still hopeful that one day we will see justice for Leo and ultimately justice for Michelle. Thankful to Gilbert King and the whole team behind Bone Valley. Stay tuned to hear my top five podcasts of the year, plus the pod that earned the title of Biggest Disappointment, just after a quick break. Ah, hey you. I'm so glad we found each other and get to share our special love for true crime podcasts. I don't ever want you to miss out on a wild story. That would be a crime in itself. So be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast app and share your favorite episode with a friend so the next time you see each other, you can splurge about your latest true crime obsession. Thanks for spreading the word. And now back to the show. And we're back now for the top five true crime podcasts of 2023. At the number five spot, we have silenced the radio murders. 
Here's a reminder from the show page. A chilling wave of murder sweeps through Little Haiti, a Miami neighborhood that is home to many Haitian exiles. The victims are radio broadcasters using the airwaves to demand democracy at home. Little Haiti is up in arms calling for justice for the fallen heroes, but the investigation stalls. To this day, the masterminds remain free, and rumors persist about cocaine trafficking, CIA assets, and transnational coups. Uh, This is a dense one, but it is totally worth it. Really cool Miami history and an easier listen if you take a quick moment to brush up on recent Haitian politics. I touch on it a little in my Wyclef Jean Yellow Haiti charity scandal episode. It's wild to think that while most of us were rocking out to the new kids on the block and carefully brushing our My Little Ponies manes, all this chaos was going down in Little Haiti, Miami. These two realities were happening at the same time on American soil. Broadcasters killed here for speaking up for the people of Haiti. And I'm so glad their stories are being reawakened once again on Silenced the Radio Murders. At the number four spot, we have Ghost Story. Here's a rundown from the show page. Host Tristan Redman is a seasoned journalist who doesn't believe in ghosts, but weird things happened in the bedroom he lived in as a teenager. When he discovers years later that subsequent occupants of this same house have been visited by the ghost of a faceless woman, he's curious. Because it just so happens that Tristan's childhood home is right next door to the house where his wife's great-grandmother, Naomi Dancy, was murdered in 1937, killed by two gunshots to the face. Could there be a connection between the ghost and the murder? Tristan decides to investigate and soon finds himself going where no son-in-law should go, deep into his wife's family history, asking questions no one wants answered. I know this one just came out, but it really was one of the best shows of the year. Not to mention one of the best shows to come out of Wondery in a long, long time. A cozy, spooky, fun British mystery told brilliantly. Snuggle up with Ghost Story. At the number three spot, we have Sold a Story. Here's a synopsis from the show page. Millions of kids can't read well. Scientists have known for decades how children learn to read, but many schools are ignoring the research. They buy teacher training and books that are rooted in a disproven idea. Emily Hanford investigates four authors and a publishing company that have made millions selling this idea. Okay, technically this one is true crime adjacent and also technically it came out in late 2022, but I didn't hear about it until January 2023, so I'm counting it here. I started talking about it with friends and family, some who are parents and some who are educators. And wow, I did not know how divisive this topic is. It's like bringing up the subject of deflated footballs with a group of dudes. People are quite passionate about their opinions and have a clear side that they're on. 
For the record, I can see the argument for whole word reading, but I walked away from this podcast being on Team Phonics. Ah, sorry, please don't throw books at me. But please do tune in to Sold a Story. At the number two spot, we have Ear Witness. Here's a summary from the show page. One July night in 1995, Deputy Sheriff William G. Hardy was shot behind the Crown Sterling Suites Hotel in Birmingham, Alabama. At the same time as the murder, at least 10 people saw Taforest Johnson four miles away at a popular nightclub called T's Place. But detectives zero in on him as a main suspect in Deputy Hardy's murder anyway, ultimately resulting in Taforest being tried, convicted, and sentenced to death. For over a quarter century, Taforest has been confined to a 5 foot by 8 foot cell on Alabama's death row. The story of Taforest Johnson and the state's enthusiasm for the death penalty in the face of such troubling evidentiary flaws brings to light the failings of a criminal justice system run amok. This comes to us from Lava for Good, the same network who brought us Bone Valley. But this is Bone Valley plus dope beats and some of the most candid interviews I've ever heard on a podcast. I loved hearing from the witnesses describing that night at T's place. You really feel like you were there. Plus, there were so many shocking twists and turns in this case. It was top-notch shoe leather journalism, a captivating ride from start to finish, better than a movie. This is the medium of podcasting at its absolute best. So let's hear it for Ear Witness. And at the number one spot, my favorite podcast of 2023, we have Search Engine and PJ Votes' two-part series titled Why Are Drug Dealers Putting Fentanyl in Everything? Here's a summary. Isn't it bad business to kill your own customers? In part one of our answer to this question, we talked to reporter Ben Westoff, who helps us understand how fentanyl became a street drug in the first place. He'll share recordings taped in a Chinese fentanyl lab and explain why some dealers might want to poison their own customers with the drug. In part two, we hear from Lewis, a former fentanyl dealer and user, who tells us why a dealer might want to put fentanyl in less lethal drugs. Lewis also tells us how he learned the rules of dealing and how the rules changed over his multi-decade career. This is by far my number one show of the year because I can't stop thinking about it. Opioids and fentanyl are everywhere. I literally see it every day. More than any other news coverage of the epidemic, this show gave me the most clear, concise answers. Host PJ Vote brings so much personality and humanity to his interviews, you forget he's doing journalism. But he totally is, man, and he's doing it better than most. He uses his disarming, goofy nature to get to the deepest truths. That interview with Lewis, uh, I could not be more different from this guy, but I felt such a deep connection and understanding to him. I will never look at the fentanyl crisis the same way again. This was by far the episode of a podcast I shared most with friends, and it was the most impactful hour and a half of audio I heard all year. 
And again, that's PJ Votes podcast search engine and his two-part series titled, Why Are Drug Dealers Putting Fentanyl in Everything? And also want to shout out PJ Vote and Search Engine's two-part series on the overprescribing and abuse of ADH medication. Ha <laughs> fun times. Now it's time for the biggest disappointment of the year. Boy, there were a lot to choose from. I tossed quite a few shows down my podcast queue trap door, but there's one that let me down so much, I wanted to dig it out of the dungeon and throw it back down over and over again. And that show was Scamanda. Here's a reminder from the show page. Amanda is a wife, a mother, a blogger, a Christian, a charming, beautiful, bubbly young woman who lives life to the fullest. But Amanda is dying with a secret she doesn't want anyone to know. She starts a blog detailing her cancer journey and becomes an inspiration, touching and captivating her local community, as well as followers all over the world. Until one day, investigative producer Nancy gets an anonymous tip telling her to look at Amanda's blog, setting Nancy on an unimaginable road to uncover Amanda's secret. All right, so essentially, Scamanda was everything I just said in that last paragraph, but stretched into an eight-part series. Yes, there are some juicy deets at the beginning, and yes, Amanda finally goes to court in the end, but we never really get to the heart of who this person is and what were her true intentions and motivations. You get some hints that maybe she was the victim and maybe her husband was the mastermind behind the whole thing because he was the sketch ball that left his first wife for his daughter's nanny, Amanda. But we never get any clarity on the husband or how much this guy knew. We also get some communion breadcrumbs that maybe the church and pastor profited from the scams. But yeah, that thread gets dropped too. Uh, so much promise in the first half and everything just goes nowhere. So unsatisfying. It's like matching with someone on a dating app and having wonderful conversations all week. And then the dude is a no show on your date and you're left to eat an entire sushi boat all to yourself. Ugh, Scamanda, I really thought we could have had something here. But you broke my heart. And that's why you're my biggest disappointment of 2023. Well, at least I take some solace in getting to throw you down the podcast queue trapdoor once again. Let me know what you thought of this top 10 list. Who did I miss and what show was your biggest disappointment? Tell me all your thoughts. Email me directly at Angela at the truecrimefeed.com or join the True Crime Feed Facebook discussion group. And even though I understand whole word reading versus phonics is quite the hot button topic, please keep an open mind and be kind of fellow true crime feed friends. That's all for today's true crime feed. Don't forget to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I post links to all the shows you heard about today. And be sure to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to join the conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and tell your fellow partners in crime to tune in to True Crime Feed. Thanks for riding along and allowing me to be your audio accomplice. Join me next week for another feeding. 